Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to Bougie Best Friend Podcast. I have a very exciting conversation today with Talia. Welcome to Bougie Best Friend Podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Talia is a matchmaker. You have your own agency, and I'm so excited to kind of dive deep into what matchmaking really is. What do you do? And all of your tips and tricks for a successful first date. What do you think about that? I love it. I am here for it. These are my favorite conversations. So, <laughs> I would love to know, how did you become a matchmaker? So, you know, this is actually something that I've always wanted to do my whole life. I mean, I remember back in high school, college, even post-college, I was always setting people up and I never thought I could do this for a living. Until my, um, actually one of my mentors said, Tally, you know, you could quit your tech job and do this professionally and get paid to do it. And I said, no, you're crazy. And she goes, no, it's a $2.2 billion industry for matchmaking. So mm -hmm. I went home, I actually did a ton of research and I realized that one of the largest matchmaking agencies in the Southeast was in my city in Atlanta. And so I woke up one morning, I quit my tech job as the wow. senior, what was I, territory VP. Like I was mm -hmm. working my way up the corporate ladder mm -hmm. and I quit my job. I joined, you know, the, the largest matchmaking agency in the Southeast. And I just started to learn a ton. And I worked for them for two years until I finally felt like, okay, wait, I have now the tools, the resources, I understand the business model, but there's always that piece of like the intuition part that I can't stress enough. It's either you have it or you don't. Either mm -hmm. your brain is wired to think like, wait, this person, this person would go so well together. And so that was the part that I already had before I got the job. And I just needed to understand the business model of matchmaking. And then that's when I finally quit. I mean, it was 20, 2019. I quit my job and that's when I packed, you know, five bags and I decided to move to New York couch surfed on my best friend's couch mm -hmm. until I just started working on the company. And then within four months, we actually launched on Valentine's day. And I don't know if you remember, but in 2020, that's when COVID was happening. So mm -hmm. 30 days after I launched in New York, we all went into lockdown. We all thought we wow. were going to die. <laughs> and so you were like, I just I launched thinking... this company and everybody's home. <laughs> literally that I was like, wait, what did I do? This is so bad. And so that those initial, like that first two months was brutal. I was so stressed and I didn't know what was going to happen with the world and, you know, with the company. And then little did I know everyone started wanting to find love because all these guys, all of a sudden, you know, their travel schedules changed. They couldn't be, you know, in different cities every day. And they were stuck at home and they were like, wait, I'm feeling so lonely. I want to meet my person. And so when I did that huge post, like everyone reposted it and it went viral. Mm -hmm. And then I had all these referrals come through. And then I was setting people up during lockdown mm -hmm. and we were doing like virtual dates and all that stuff. And then by, it was July 1st, that's when I had a wait list. Like the company just completely took off during lockdown. I first have to congratulate you here for quitting your corporate job and following your dreams. And I feel like a lot of girls should hear this and it is possible. So like you just have to believe in yourself mm. and like make that step. And obviously it's not the same for everyone. You can't just like, you know, leave your you leave your job and go follow your dream if you don't have any savings or if you don't have somebody who can help you out during that time. You know, believe mm -hmm. in yourself enough to like bet on yourself and kind of know that you can do this. So 
kudos to you. I love that. Thank you. No, I appreciate you saying that. I mean, it was a huge bet because, you know, I had this degree in economics and in public speaking and my parents were like, what are you doing? You're quitting your tech job to become a matchmaker. And Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, like this is my life purpose and I'm going to follow that, that gut instinct. And at the end of the day, if you pursue something that you're really good at, that you're also very passionate about, the money will follow you. It always does. Okay, so for those who don't know anything about matchmaking, what mm-hmm. is matchmaker? Or like, what would you say is your job description? I would say it's kind of, it's like delegating your love life to someone that knows you really well, that will vet and recruit on your behalf. So I'm kind of like a full-time love recruiter. Like I have the criteria, I have the list of things I'm looking for in a person, and I just have to go find it. So a matchmaker is really someone who will be your biggest advocate and vet on your behalf. So you work with men and women or you work with somebody more or less? Like, who do you work with mostly? You know, it's a great question because when I worked at the largest agency, I worked with both men and women. The agency was really big. We we took anyone. Um, And then when I started my own, I actually wanted to pick a niche. So I only now work with men. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's my special niche. So you're surrounded by men all day, every day. That's probably very <laughs> exciting. Okay, so let's 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 talk more about what does a matchmaker do. So let's say I'm your client. So like, how do you even start the conversation? Well, so so how it would work is I get a bunch of referrals, right? So a guy would approach me and say, "Hey, um, I would love to hire someone to delegate to help me find my person, and these are the things I'm looking for. Can you help me?" find her. And I say, yeah, of course, you know, obviously I only work with people I know I can help. So if he comes to me and he's like, these are the things I'm looking for. I look within my database. I'm like, yes, this is within my network. This is within my reach or, you know, one degree separation. I can absolutely help you, um, meet that person. So it's, it's really for men, but also it's free for girls. So like, if, Mm -hmm. if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, oh, I need to be in a database. Like I didn't realize I could have access to this. It's, it's a good place to be because I also make sure that it's also beneficial for the girl. If she tells mm-hmm. me her type is tall, dark, and handsome, I'm not going to set her up with one of my clients who's like blonde and, you know, mm-hmm. pale with blue eyes or something, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I always take the woman in consideration too, which I think is really important because that's how, that's how you get a successful match. So in general, mm-hmm. is it a rule of thumb that men are paying and women are not? Or how, how does it generically work? I think it's shifted. Um... There's, there was a time when I would say it's both. I just, me specifically, I wanted to pick a niche and it's, you know, I'm an expert in working with men. I just work really well with men. So that was my niche. I think you can still find agencies that will work with both, Um, especially Mm -hmm. in New York and LA, big cities. They'll take men and women. So mostly you work with men. And you said that sometimes you don't work with somebody if you feel like their criteria might be something that you don't have in your database. Could you share any like very crazy requests and you're like, oh, I that's it's like you are just like delusional. That doesn't exist. Does that happen? <laughs> oh or Yeah, it has happened before. Um, you know, if a guy comes to me and he's like, I want a model looking girl who's like a five eight skinny, you know, Russian blonde, but she had to graduate from Harvard or Duke and she has to be extremely funny. She has to come from a very well-to-do family who's from Greenwich. Like if the list is just ridiculous and I'm like, okay, this is, you know, this is, oh, and one guy was like, oh, and her net worth has to be at least $20 million. I was like, wait, wait, 
her net worth has to be $20 million and you want her to be under the age of 30. I was like, <laughs> that's interesting. Like, your criteria is not, yeah. I was like, your criteria is just not realistic. And so unfortunately I don't think this is a good fit for us to work together. Um, best of luck. <laughs> so we did not move forward together. Um, so yeah, sometimes people don't have realistic expectations. Mm-mm. Yeah. So obviously men are very physical and they want I'm sure one of the thing, one of the requests are always like they have their type and they want you to match them with their specific type physically. But what are they looking for emotionally or like mentally? What would you say like from all the clients you've had in your past with your own company and the previous companies? Like, is there something that keeps on repeating? Yeah. You know, these guys want someone intelligent, someone that they can bring to, let's just say they have their boss in town that they can bring with them and she can hold her own and she can stand on her own two feet. You know, someone with confidence. I think that's a big part of it. He wants her to be able to stand on her own two feet. I think it's so important that you can have intellectual conversations that you can, you know, you're well-spoken, you're polite, um, that you're intelligent and that you're, you know, you're, you know, a little bit about what's going on in the world. Current events is really important. I think those are all things that add value to you as a woman. Um, so I would definitely say that most guys that I work with want those things for sure. So when you meet with the girls, so you have girls in your database, how does that work? Like you interview them in a certain way or like, is there certain questions you ask them or like, how do you bring girls on? So I can't reveal too much. Unfortunately, I can't share my mm-hmm. secret. Of course, um, we wouldn't want but, you to share your secrets. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you this, I definitely, there is a process, you know, there is an interview process, there's multiple stages of that. And I just make sure that they're a good fit for one another. I make sure that, you know, her intentions are good. I make sure that her interests and his interests are in alignment. I think one of the biggest things that people forget is important is religious backgrounds. Um, some people don't really on a first date ask those questions, but it's important, Mm -hmm. especially if you're female and you want to start a family one day, you know, if he's Jewish and you're Christian and you want to raise your kids to be Christian and go to, to, you know, a Catholic school or what have you, and he wants to have kids that go to Hebrew school, that Mm -hmm. could be a problem. Even if you guys are extremely compatible and you guys, you know, share similar values, the religion piece will be a big hurdle in the long run when you're trying to start a family. So vetting for yourself and making sure that religion, it it is a huge part of matchmaking. I always make sure that my client and her are on the same page about those things. That is a good point because that's something I always preach when it comes to relationships. Love is not enough. Like you have to have the same vision, Mm -hmm. lifestyle and goals for your future. And and as you said, you know, maybe you want to have kids, maybe you don't want to have kids like those conversations have to be kind of you have to have this conversation very early on. And I feel like a lot of women are kind of oh, I don't want to scare him with all of these, you know, things that I want for myself, but it doesn't make sense to, you know, be in a relationship with somebody who wants completely different things. And also, you know, I I understand when women say like, I don't want to scare him off. And I'm like, okay, here's the deal. The right person, you will not scare him off. If anything, he's going to be thinking green light, green light, green light. You know, you're going to be speaking Mm -hmm. his language. So Mm -hmm. I think it's a great way of vetting. I would love to talk more about first date as a woman also and a matchmaker. What would you say are like some of your tips for a successful first date? You know, the first thing is go in there with confidence and also be intentional. I think sometimes people go on dates and they don't set the intention. They're just kind of like, oh, I have a date on Saturday. I'm going to go. And then Mm -hmm. you walk away from it and you, you didn't really get to know those 
important things about him. So you walk away and you're like, oh, wait, does he even meet the criteria of the things that I'm looking for in a partner? So mm-hmm. the first step when going on a first date is know what you're looking for. You know, maybe even the day before, take some time, write down the things that you need in a man. And then when you go on that first date, set the intention of figuring out maybe three of those 10 things so that it's intentional and you're making good use of your time. Oh, and one more thing. I think mm-hmm. this is a big one to, I think sometimes people in general, they go in the date and they're like, Oh, I hope he likes me. Or, you know, I hope that he did it. And it's like, no, 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 no. Have confidence in yourself. Like you bring a lot to the table. Like mm-hmm. I hope I like him. So I think mm-hmm. if you switch the narrative and boost your confidence a little bit, you will feel so much better about the date and you'll remember who you are and what you do bring to the table. Would you say that a lot of women struggle with confidence today? You know, honestly, Coco, I think everyone struggles with confidence. I don't think it's Mm -hmm. a women or men thing. I think everyone Mm -hmm. struggles with confidence and it's something that we all have to put in the work. And there's so many tools and things that you can do every single day, like those affirmations, right? Like Mm -hmm. the I am and fill in the blank, you know? And if you do those mantras every day, you'll eventually start to actually believe it and feel into that. So if you are one of those, you know, kind of not so confident girls and you don't really, what can they do to step like their best foot forward? You know, I love that you asked me that because putting your best foot forward is the most important thing. And I'm going to give this tip that it, you know, some of you might not like it, but it's the truth. If you are having the worst day of your life and work went crazy, everything could have gone wrong, gone, went wrong. It's okay to cancel If you are not in that mindset, that good mindset where you're bringing your best self, cancel the date. Mm -hmm. Trust me, you will be so glad you did. You need to put your, you need to go with the right mindset. And also, if you know you can shift out of that, you can shift out of that bad mood, whatever that is that day, call a friend. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you just need a pep talk from one of your girlfriends and say, hey, I have this date coming up. I just had everything went wrong and let your friends hype you up. And if you can't get a hold of them, hype yourself up. And if that doesn't work, just cancel the date. At least, you know, try to do like give him, you know, at least a five hour notice that something came Mm -hmm. up or what have you. But you really want to go into that date with confidence and hype yourself up and go into it again with the narrative of I hope I hope I like him, you know, Mm -hmm. like go into it, not in that desperate mindset, because guys can sense desperate energy. If you go in there and you're just like willing to settle at anything and you've got that desperation vibe, they know, they know right away. I mean, my clients tell me all the time. So go in there as if this is your, you should be happy to be here with me because I know Mm -hmm. I'm bringing all that energy. What is something you really love about your job? Something I love about my job, helping people. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. you can relate to this because you and I are helping the greater good. Like love is so Mm -hmm. complicated. It's hard to find that right person. And so I think that we're, it's very fulfilling, you know, me Mm -hmm. leaving tech behind to pursue this passion. um, I wake up every day and I'm like, this is really what I love to do. Um, I get Mm -hmm. to set people up and then they get married and then they have amazing kids and they get to bring beautiful babies into this world. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's very fulfilling. Do you yeah. uh, ever like stay in touch with your clients and you actually became, become friends after a while and then you're like attend their weddings and something? <laughs> Absolutely. Are you kidding? Some of my clients end up becoming very close friends. Yeah. Um, mm. And that's, that's the beauty of working with a small group because I only work with 10 guys at a time. 
So I actually get to know them. Um, actually yesterday, funny enough, I was just on the phone with my client's, um, sister and her and I just had the best conversation. I put her in the database. I was like, you know what? Maybe, maybe she Mm -hmm. would be a good fit for one of my other clients. So, you know, you just, you get to know their family, you really get to know them. And that's why, you know, leaving that big commercial agency style was a right fit for me. Cause I like that personal one-on-one. I love to actually know my clients and I feel like you also get the the job done a little bit faster Mm -hmm. too. So do you work only in Miami? So you moved to Miami pretty recently, right? And um, do you work in Miami exclusively or you work like, you know, Miami, New York, LA, or like, what's the... I actually, so I'm based in Miami, but as you know, I started my company in New York City. So I still have a ton of clients who are in New York. My whole thing is my database is Miami, New York. Now, mm-hmm. if I have a client who, this is this is actually a current client, he's based in Chicago, but he's willing to meet women in Miami. He's willing to buy a second home in Miami or what have you. So I'm willing to take clients who are in LA, Chicago, you know, anywhere, as long as they have an understanding that my database and my network is really Miami, New York. So you set somebody up to go on a date and let's say it was successful first date. So then like you just kind of let them meet up afterwards or you're still kind of making sure that everything's all right because you want to protect both sides, obviously. Do you schedule the second date or like how does that work? You know, here's the thing. I'm involved as much as my clients will allow me to be. So Mm -hmm. if, you know, if my client goes on a first date and he calls me the next day and he says, hey, you know, I have these things called care calls. And the care call is to just kind of catch up and see how did the date go? Are you interested? Do you want to go on another date with her? And I also have a care call with her too. And, you know, if both parties are like, I had a great time, but I couldn't quite gauge Mm -hmm. if the other person was interested. That's when it's so nice to have the matchmaker, the friend, you know, that's like, okay, I'll Mm -hmm. let that person know that he's also interested and vice versa. So Mm -hmm. I'm pretty involved, but not to the point where I'm in their day to day. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. And since you moved cities and you work in different cities, do you see any difference when it comes to, let's say, guys and girls in Miami versus New York versus Chicago? You know, I think I get that question a lot. I think that each city has its own set of challenges in dating. And Mm -hmm. so I've noticed that Chicago, L.A., New York, Miami, it's all different challenges. But at the same time, there's so many great men in every city, just like there's a ton of great women in every city. And I think it's all about your mindset. I've noticed that women who say, who speak in absolutes, who say things like, oh, all men are cheaters or all men Mm -hmm. suck. It's like, you're attracting that negativity. And so Mm -hmm. in your world, it will keep sucking, honestly. Mm -hmm. And so if you, you know, it's true. When, when I, whenever, like I hear these things and even my girlfriends and they're like, oh, being single Miami sucks. I'm like, actually, if you switch a narrative and you're like being single in Miami is amazing, you will start to attract that amazing yeah. energy because the law of attraction is real. I mean, it's, you know, Oprah Winfrey talks mm-hmm. about, everyone talks about it. Yeah. So changing that mindset and then you'll realize that it's not the city. It's, it's really about your approach. I 100% agree. And I mean, it's kind of hard to always be in that positive mindset when like a lot of bad things happen to you, but you kind of have to mm-hmm. push yourself to actually be very aware of the words you say out loud, even to yourself. I always like whenever my girls are talking to me in my DMs and they're like, say something, oh, I'm so stupid. I'm so I'm like, no, no negative Mm self-talk. We're not going to talk like that. We're going to try to turn this into something positive. Uh, I want to ask you about like relationships in general. So I get a lot of girls who like approach me and say that they, you know, they start liking a guy, they start going on a few dates and then the guy just like disappears. 
What do you think? Why does that happen? Are you talking about love bombing? It sounds like love bombing. It might be love bombing, but I or feel ghosting. like a lot of more ghosting. Or, yeah, more ghosting. But like you know, they go on one or two successful dates, and you know how girls get attached sometimes faster than men. You know, and like they go on a few successful dates, and they're like, okay, this guy's like I like him a lot, and then they see that the guy's maybe pulling back. Maybe something it happens after they have sex, and the girl's just like mm. a little confused. Why do you think that guys start like pulling back sometimes? Well, here's the thing. If someone is pulling back, whether it's a guy or a girl, it means that there's not enough interest there. And if they're not interested, that let them walk out of your life. There is someone, there is going to be a guy out there for you that will choose you and go home from that date and say, oh my gosh, I can't wait to see her again. I want to learn more about her. And so Mm -hmm. it's, it's less about getting attached to that feeling of getting ghosted or having someone lose interest in you. It's more about letting them go, like choosing you and being like, you know what? Mm -hmm. You're not interested in me and you don't want to go on another date with me On to the next. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, you know, there's someone out there that will put me first. So, Mm -hmm. and I think that there's a huge, I've noticed this with, you know, the conversations I have with my clients throughout the years, women tend to overshare on a first date about their personal lives. And, -hmm. you know, I just think that you should look at dating as playing poker, right? So you, you remember when you play poker, you have your cards held close to you, right? You're not supposed to let your other people around you at the table, see your cards. Dating's very similar to that. You want to only show and reveal certain cards as you see other people reveal certain cards. There are things about your life that has to be earned knowledge, which means that person has taken the time to get to know you and then they get to learn that intimate thing about you, but it takes time. And oversharing is something that time and time again, I see these women just like reveal way too much. And then they pay the consequence of the man's like, oh God, okay, that was just really heavy. And I'm, I don't even know what to do with this information, you know? So keeping your cards close until it's the right appropriate time. And when he has earned the right to know those mm-hmm. things about you. Absolutely agree. And I would love to mm-hmm. talk more about what not to do on a first date. So we said, don't overshare. Yes. <laughs> Anything no else? Oversharing. <laughs> yes. Try not to overconsume alcohol on a first date. I mean, time and time again, you know, women tend to be just generally speaking, right? Women tend to be more of a lightweight than men. And so two martinis for you could, could be different than him having two martinis. So try to really have a good, um, a good gauge of how much you're drinking so that you're not oversharing because you, we all know this alcohol mm-hmm. can lead to spilling some things where you get home the next morning. You're like, Ooh, probably mm-hmm. shouldn't have said that that was the martini yeah. that was happening, you know? Yeah. Um, so just being aware of how much you drink on a first date, I think Patty Stinger and I, you know, the millionaire matchmaker, her and I always agree that one drink is the sweet mm-hmm. spot Two, it's dicey. You know, you know yourself, right? If you can handle mm-hmm. two, great. It's not for everyone. So one or two drinks per date. And then another thing I would say, be polite, be a lady. You know, mm-hmm. these men love when the lady says, please and thank you. Just be a lady. And that's a, that's actually a big part. Um, men complain all the time about women not saying thank you for dinner. It's almost men say, you know, she makes me feel like a, it's expected and I have to pay for the bill. And even if you feel like he does need to pay for the bill, mm-hmm. it's okay to just say, thank you so much for getting that. Or thank you for dinner, mm-hmm. you know? Being a lady and being polite is really important. 
I 100% agree. And I feel like I, I posted this video a little bit ago saying that after dinner, you don't send him a thank you for dinner, but like you say it in person. Is, do you agree mm-hmm. with that? Or you think that a girl should be like, oh, thank you for dinner. I had a nice time because where I, where I come from, I'm like, OK, so you had a great time. You said thank you at dinner. You were a lady. And then you guys, you know, go separate ways. And I always say that guy has to make that first move after dinner. Do you agree with that or no? So I'm 50-50 on this one. I go back and forth, actually. I think that you can do both. I think that it's it's not one of those, you know, getting hammered on the first date is an absolute no. Don't do it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think that this one's a toss-up. I've heard different coaches and I have talked about this um, because, remember, I do I do matchmaking, but I'm also a dating coach as well. So mm-hmm. we've I've had this discussion. I think you can text a guy after dinner and say, hey, thank you again for dinner. Had a great time. Or you can absolutely thank him in person and you got that out of the way and then you don't need to say it again and let him come to you. Mm-hmm. So either one is fine. And I, here's just so you know, I have never had a guy client say, oh, it was so annoying that she texted me and said, you know, thank you for a great dinner, had a great time. If anything, <laughs> yeah. if anything, the guy's actually at home. He's like, Whew, okay, that means she's interested. She texted me, so she's interested. Yeah. And then he's more encouraged to ask you out on another date. Let's talk about first dates a little more. Any other tips, Talia? Yes. Okay. So here's another, I know we kind of briefly touched on oversharing. So I think it's really important to stay self-aware on how much you talk. And I have this thing called the microphone toss and everyone loves it. So (laughs) this is how it goes. You speak, right? So you say, oh, do you have any siblings? And the guy goes, yes. And he answers. And then he tosses back the microphone. And then you toss. I say, try to aim for 50-50%. So he's speaking 50% of the time. You're speaking 50% of the time. And also, if there's someone at the table that's maybe a little bit more shy, it's okay for it to be 70-30. Just be aware of how much you speak so that the microphone toss goes back and forth. And remember to ask him back, as well. Mm -hmm. Like if he's really good, um, at asking a lot of questions, be aware that like he might take control of the conversation and ask you a ton more because maybe he'll get nervous, but you can always take charge of the conversation, ask that same question back, say, well, well, how about you? You know, after you've answered it. And I think that's Mm -hmm. really helpful because sometimes we get, we freeze up and we just answer a ton of questions and we forget to Mm -hmm. say, wait, what about you? Mm -hmm. No, that's a a really good tip. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, you also want to collect data, right? You want to understand more about him. So if you're not asking those questions back, then you might get home and say, wait, I don't even know enough about this person to see if I'm interested Mm -hmm. in going on another date. Mm -hmm. What about clothing Mm -hmm. and what should girls wear on a first date? So let's say they're going to a typical, you know, dinner date, nothing, you know, too fancy, Mm -hmm. but nothing too casual. What would you like suggest as a, a good first outfit? I think there's nothing wrong with a cute dress. I just, Mm -hmm. you know, there, I think it's good to leave a little bit of mystery. Um, Mm -hmm. You don't want to have all the goods hanging out. And I know Mm -hmm. we live in Miami, so (laughs) that's kind of controversial, but I really do think that there's something more mysterious about not revealing everything. Um, I think Mm -hmm. cleavage is okay, but in moderation, you know, he doesn't need to see all the goods on a first date. If anything, make him get home and Mm -hmm. be like, oh, that dress looks Mm -hmm. beautiful. I wish I knew what was underneath. You know, it's it's good to have a little bit of a conservative look, just a little bit. And what about sleeping on the first date? What is like a matchmaker rule? Oh my gosh, Coco, this kills me. (laughs) When women sleep with a man on a first date, I'm like, what are you doing? 
I mean, really, it is, it has been said time and time again that men, you would, even Patty Stinger, the millionaire matchmaker agrees with this, make him earn that, you know, and really get to know the person before you want to exchange that energy with him. You know, Mm -hmm. that's something that's earned. And so, and I know that men are like, no, like I would marry her even if we had sex on the first date. There's always an exception to the rule. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you this. I've been working with men for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And time and time again, behind closed doors, they'll say, I don't like when she puts Mm -hmm. out on the first date because it tells me that she's doing that with all these other people too. And Mm -hmm. so I really encourage women to really get to know someone before you sleep with them. Um, And I'm not going to say like, you know, there's no rule like on date number five or date Mm -hmm. number two, like there is no set rule number, you know, do what's comfortable for you. We're all adults here. However, I do think it's good to really get to know the person before you decide to be intimate with them. Okay, interesting. But I actually don't agree because my advice comes mostly from you knowing the person a little bit before you go on a first date. So it's not like a blind date. And obviously you hook up with any guy that you just like met. But what I don't like in general in society that like if a guy sleeps with a girl on a first date, he's a, you know, he's a hot shot. But if a girl sleeps with a guy on a first date, she's like, oh, she's sleeping with everybody. And I have a lot of girls who are like messaging me saying, oh, did I mess everything up? I slept with him on the first date. I don't know if there's anything here that I can save. And I just don't like when women feel like that because I know many, many couples that, you know, even got married after like having a one night stand and ended up, you know, together forever. So is you think that it's like doomed if a girl sleeps with a guy on a first date? Well, I, that was a multitude of questions. But to answer the first one, I don't think that you're necessarily doomed if you sleep with someone on the first date. And again, there's always an exception to the rule, right? So mm-hmm. I've also heard, you know, a bumble date and then they go out and meet and then they sleep together mm-hmm. on the first date and they end up getting married. And that's great. But mm-hmm. if I stay true to my advice, I absolutely yeah. think that you should not sleep with someone on the first date. I think that you should actually get to know them and make sure that that's something you want to do with them. Um, mm-hmm. And again, no, I'm going to stay true to this. I don't think you should sleep together with someone on a first or second date, actually. Everybody can take whatever works for them. And, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, you make your own decisions and you have to just stand behind it. What would you say for um, those girls who maybe, you know, they're dating a guy and they like him, but there's not a lot of physical attraction. Do you think that attraction can build up over time? Well, so attraction can't, so attraction and sexual chemistry are two very different things. But Mm -hmm. so as far as attraction goes, I do think that attraction can grow if there's at least a little bit of attraction. If there's certain features Mm -hmm. he has that you're really drawn to, like a really nice smile with really good teeth, if that's something that you're really attracted to, and then the rest kind of, you know, later on grows on you, I think that can happen. Um, absolutely. I know there's this like old saying that women are like dimmers and men are like light switches where with men, it's like, yes, I'm attracted immediately. It's a yes or no versus women mm-hmm. are like, Oh, I think he's cute. And then she finds out that he's extremely intelligent. Then, Oh, the dimmer goes up a little bit. And then mm-hmm. she finds out that he comes from a great family. Oh, the dimmer is even more. So I think that women more so can grow to be more attracted to a man versus men. It's more on and off. It's more like all in or all. In. No. <laughs> 
what would you say obviously relation relationships are full of compromise so like you can't just expect mm-hmm. that you're gonna find that you know ideal you you can you might be lucky but like there's always gonna be a couple of compromises you have to make in relationships what would you say are some non-negotiables that you should never not, not use specifically but like a girl like what should you never try to compromise maybe is that religion is that like having kids is that like you know Mm. like what would you say are some like non-negotiables that you as an individual whoever you may be who is listening what would you never like compromise on i always say like if you want to have kids that's something that's so specific like you can't substitute that with anything like yeah you can get a dog but like if you want to have a kid and your partner doesn't want to have a kid that's really really difficult and in that case i don't even know that i would suggest to like stay in that relationship because that is something so huge for me personally like one of my dreams in life is to be a mom and luckily my boyfriend wants also wants to be a dad one day so like we're on the same page but i feel like if i was with him and he's like i absolutely do not want to have kids i don't know how what i feel about that i completely agree with you coco I think that you have to stay true, you know, whatever those five non-negotiables are, mm-hmm. stay true to that. And yes, compromises here, compromises can be like, okay, I'm going to move to a different city and that's, that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's fine. I think compromising on, you know, they're vegan and you are not vegan and there are things that you might have to shift. And I think that you can compromise on those things, but mm-hmm. huge life you know, milestones, if you will, like having a family, I think you Mm -hmm. should stay true to that. Absolutely. And I Mm -hmm. can't, I just answer your question. You know, I can't really answer as far as, you know, the non-negotiables because I think everyone has their own. And if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, oh, I don't even have deal breakers on negotiables. I promise you, you do. You just need to look within and write them down and figure out what are the things that are really important to me that I need to have in a relationship for it to be successful and for me to be happy. I would love to know how do guys that you meet out, how do they react to you being a matchmaker? <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, it's always crazy. It's, it's always the craziest replies. Like people to the point where Coco, sometimes I just don't even want to talk about matchmaking when I'm out and about that. I, what do you say? Like, what you do you do? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm a consultant and people are like, Oh, they immediately change the topic. Cause I don't think yeah. that's boring, you know, but when I do actually disclose that I'm a matchmaker, sometimes yeah. guys are like really intimidated or mm-hmm. they're like, Oh, wait, what is, what does that entail? Like, how does that mm-hmm. work? And then it's like a whole set of, you know, conversation. And sometimes they end up clients actually, believe it or not. Sometimes mm-hmm. that leads to someone learning that, okay, actually this is a good fit for them and they want to hire mm-hmm. me. So yeah, I love I that. that's know. so funny. I can't even imagine like you saying that to people because when I meet, you know, random people out and they ask me like, what do you do? And I say, you know, post content. And when I say it's about dating, they're like, oh, it's always such an interesting <laughs> response. I don't know. Dating is such a hot topic. I feel like all the time. How do you like living in Miami comparing to New York? Like, did you get acclimated? Do you feel like this is a place where you're going to call home for a while? Or like, how do you like the lifestyle here? Oh, I love it. I mean, I was back and forth for 12 years. So mm-hmm. Miami's always been that place that I wanted to call my home full time. And Mm -hmm. it just, I couldn't really move before my clients decided to come down here. So with Mm -hmm. COVID, a lot of New Yorkers decided to leave the city 
and make Florida their primary. And then that's when I finally pulled the trigger and said, okay, I have just enough clients in Miami where it makes sense for it to be my base. And Mm -hmm. the lifestyle is amazing. I mean, boating, having access to fresh air. I mean, I lived Mm -hmm. in New York for long (laughs) enough to be like, okay, kind of miss the fresh air, kind of miss access to water. So I love it. It couldn't be happier. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love Miami. I feel like Miami, I mean, let's not hype it up too much, then everybody's going to come here. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> right, no, it's awful and we hate it. No, <laughs> As a matchmaker, what is your opinion on dating apps? Ooh, wait, this is a great question. So mm-hmm. I love dating apps. I know that some people will probably be surprised mm-hmm. by that, but I uh-huh. think if, yeah, but if you are single, you need to put yourself out there. So, dating apps, telling your closest friends, like, Hey, I'm single. If you know anyone that's X, Y, Z, you know, think of me, like I'm happy to, you know, meet them or what have you, but no dating apps are great. And I also think that if you're looking for something serious, I would try hinge or I would try bumble. I would stay away from Tinder. I haven't heard some of the best results with them. So I would definitely try one of those two and leverage that and make sure that your profile really represents you as a person. And what I mean by that is make sure that your profile is your billboard. Make sure that Mm -hmm. it, it reflects your activities that you like to do. It reflects that you have friends. It reflects that you, let's just say you're a tennis player. Make sure you have a picture in there of you playing tennis. Like I should be able to scroll through your profile and say, Oh, she is these five things. And mm-hmm. if you have a dog, you're a dog lover, put your dog on there. I mean, men love mm-hmm. dogs. So <laughs> why, why wouldn't you? So it, absolutely make sure that your profile, oh, one more thing, professional pictures. There's a whole study that, sh- that proves that people who have professional pictures done for their dating profile have three times more matches than people who don't have professional pictures. Mm-hmm. What about bikini pictures and stuff like that? <laughs> You know, I mean, if you, if you live in Hawaii and you're, or you live in Miami and you're always in a bikini because that's your lifestyle, you're always boating and maybe you're, maybe you work on a boat full time, you're a yacht crew Mm -hmm. member, I would say that's acceptable. Um, but I wouldn't lead with sexy because then you're going to track the wrong thing. I think it, you know, lead with what you really want. If you want a guy to marry you because of your body, go for it. Now, if you want a guy to marry you for who you are and you guys have similar interests and all those things, then I would more so post without the bikini pic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I absolutely agree. Because you don't, you don't want to lead. I mean, every matchmaker says this, don't lead with your sexuality, you know, lead with your personality, lead with your energy. Mm -hmm. I love that. So when it comes to, let's say dating apps, since we're on that topic, is there anything you think girls would should write on their dating profiles to kind of attract that high value guy instead of, you know, just these moshmos that want to take them for a quick coffee walk date? You know, I'm really glad you asked me that because I think people are afraid to disclose who they are on their bio. And mm-hmm. I encourage women to be specific about who they are and what they're looking for. Because if, if a guy is looking at your profile and he's already attracted to you and then he reads more about you on your bio and it's exactly what he wants, then you're going to get that match. Um, and then, you know, that gives him more information to when he messages you, he can say like, I also am a tennis player or I also mm-hmm. love to do boxing. I noticed that that was in your bio, you know, give him enough things to relate to so that he can 
have a good opener. It's so interesting. You know, I, I on my podcast, I speak to multiple dating coaches and we talk about dating, obviously, and amongst other things. And there was this one guy who said, like, don't reveal too much of what you want, because because you say specific things that you want, you will maybe eliminate another guy that might be a good match for you, which I was like, that's interesting. I'm more like into being very specific with what what you want. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because one of my girlfriends who lives in New York, she works for Fox News and she was saying how she's having a really hard time meeting men who are also Republican in, you know, in living in Manhattan. And I said, okay. And she goes, and so I'm, I think I'm going to take away that I work for Fox and that I'm Republican on my dating app. And I said, no, 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 hold mm-hmm. on here. That is to your advantage to put that you work for Fox and that you are Republican because you are vetting all the other people that are Democrat that would not be a good match for you. And mm-hmm. so if anything, I encourage you to keep it on there and stay true to who you are so that you're not wasting your time on these matches and his time. And then you don't have to mm-hmm. go through the whole like, oh, well, we are not on the same page about politics. So it's best that we don't meet up. You know, you're you're already eliminating and vetting for mm-hmm. yourself. Similar like religion, you know, your views can't really just change overnight or no, mm-hmm. they should change because like you just met somebody, you know. Um, what, where do you see yourself in the next, you know, few years? Where do you see yourself growing your company? Like, do you want to go international or like, what is, what is your goal? I don't actually, I love the fact that it's boutique and I love that it's so niche and that I actually know my clients. And I know that if I scale it, I'll lose that touch because obviously I'll have to have people work underneath me who they know my clients. And then I just, I really love the boutique style. So for me, for the future, I think I'm going to start holding seminars and retreats for people to come in and just learn more about dating and have an understanding on how to attract the kind of person you want. I think the love, the, the law of attraction is so big. So many people I know have manifested their person and there Mm -hmm. is a secret formula to this. And I really think that that's my next step is to help people unlock that formula and really call in what they're looking for in a partner. I love that. And I feel like this was like a perfect ending to our conversation. Can you please share where everybody can follow you, your Instagram, your website, all that? How can they get in touch if they potentially want to get matched? Yeah, no, for sure. So honestly, the best way to get in touch with me is through Instagram. You know, it's it's at Talia. We met. It's just my first and last name. Coco, if you could put in the details. Yeah, Yeah, I'll put in the show notes, of course. Yeah. Yeah, just slide in my DMs and that's the best way to reach me. Okay, well, thank you, Talia. I hope you guys learned something new. Don't overshare. You learn what to do on a first date. Don't drink too much. And yeah, I think this this is going to be very beneficial for our girls. So thank you so much for being here, for sharing your time and your wisdom. And thank you guys for listening to Bougie Best Friend Podcast. And I hope to see you in the next episode. Thank you.